Hey, how y'all doing? It's your host with the most DB, aka Dakari, bringing it to you live on another episode of Without Boundaries. Without further ado, I'm gonna let my co-host introduce themselves and let's get it rocking. What's good, y'all? This is your co-host James, and thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Without Boundaries podcast. We appreciate y'all and thank you for listening. Stay tuned. What's cracking, everybody? It's your co-host Malik, and welcome to this week's episode of Without Boundaries. We appreciate all the listeners, and we hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Thank you. Welcome to episode seven of Without Boundaries. Uh, today we have a special guest on here. Um, she is uh, a very bright, uh, young black individual mind, uh, very creative, and um, I happen to mention I'm also dating her. Um, go ahead, say hi to the people, Ashley. Hey everyone, I'm Ashley. I'm Dakari's girlfriend, and I'm excited to be here today. All right, and then um, my other two co-hosts, James, Malik. All right, and so uh, what are we on now? Episode seven, guys. Yeah, season finale on the way. Yeah, yeah season finale on the way. So um, on this episode, I wanted to kind of focus more on you know, black women this episode and kind of uh, thoughts from them and better to have on the show than my own girlfriend. Um, So, uh, you know, I kind of just want to dive straight into things and um, just start with the topic of, uh, you know, and I'm going to start with you, obviously, Ashley, but what do you think the public's perception perception of black women are? Um. Honestly, I think the public's perception of black women, like, consists of, like, aggressiveness, as in, like, the angry black woman. Um, They typically think of black women being loud. Um, I've heard, like, a term, like, called the welfare queen, lazy Mm -hmm. and uneducated. Mm. I've heard those, too. Got you. So, So, being as you are a black woman, how does that make you feel, then? Um, what makes me feel like, you know, like they're trying to stereotype like everyone into like one like norm and like classify all of us as the same. And I I don't agree like with like some of these because obviously I am a black woman myself and I don't consider myself aggressive or loud. Mm -hmm. I'm not on welfare and I'm like far from lazy and I'm very educated. So I feel like all of those are wrong. Got you. Um, you know, and just to let the people know a little background on you, um, you know, go ahead and give them, you know, just a little taste of what you got cooking and to show them just, you know, how well versed and well educated you are as a black woman and let them know some of your accomplishments and feats. Just because I feel like nowadays, you know, like I said, black women really don't get the rep that they honestly deserve, um, depending on, you know, just based on perception and prejudice that, you know, it's a lot of smart black women out here. If, you know, I think you all might agree to that statement that, um, we have a very strong and stable population when it comes to black women being very underappreciated and undervalued and, you know, undernurtured, and especially within our own race and population. So I just wanted to um, let you have the floor for a minute to let them, let them, you know, kind of brag on yourself and let them know of your current accomplishments so far. Um, okay. Let me think. Uh, so I guess when I started from high school, I took a dual enrollment credits which is like uh like community college courses through your high school so i was already earning like uh college courses while i was in high school 
I completed my CNA license in 10th grade. Oh, which okay, okay. a lot of adults oh. um, do that like now as a career or some people just start doing that once they get older but I had my CNA my certified nursing assistance license by 10th grade okay. um, attended a uh, university and I actually graduated with my bachelor's in health science next week Thank you. I'm currently a dental assistant, have been a dental assistant for two years while attending my four-year university, and I'm working on my last prerequisites for dental school. Yes, ma'am. That's my baby right there. That's my baby. And so, you know, just to give a little um, background, you know, me being on the other side of the spectrum, being her boyfriend, yo, yeah, she works her ass off, guys. Like, this girl right here, man, like, I've never seen nobody grind as much as her, work as hard as her, and nobody study as hard as her. Like, when I tell you, she puts in the hours, like, if there was a term on and off the court, she's definitely putting in OT off the court, man. Like, the clock don't never stop. Yes. So, yeah. you know, that's just something that I'm really proud of, me being, you know, her boyfriend and all. And it's kind of, you know, really, you know, proud for me to see because, you know, I see I see the back end of it. I see the parts that, you know, a majority of the public don't be able to see. And it's just really, um, you know, fulfilling moment on my end just to see, you know, someone that I really cherish and love sit there and promote themselves and push themselves to – know these bigger heights and everything ultimately to their end goal so i'm just i'm just really proud on my end so i'm just happy Aww, for her thank you but um you know also i wanted to sit there and from the male perspective you know get a perception on you know our our opinion or view of black women and i wanted to have uh james go ahead start off on that that topic all right so i do agree with everything that ashley did say like the perception of, of black women is really um it's it's inaccurate like mm-hmm. like the thing she said lazy and uneducated and it's ex- it's really wrong and one thing i've i've seen and learned is a lot of even men we expect black women to be strong and there's nothing wrong with that but like like i feel like that's the only a lot of us see black women only having one attribute is being strong being you know mm-hmm. uh like they can't have a bad day. Like they can't have a weakness, and yeah. that's that's wrong. Like, uh, they're they're allowed to, you know, uh, be sad, be be weak in us in the term like yeah, vulnerable. But vulnerable, like, mm. but it's like it's really looked down upon when, like, if you see like a lady, a black woman at a store, and she's she's hurt, she's emotional, she's frustrated, like that's that's looked so down upon. Yeah, but. And I just feel like that perception is wrong because it's like, I feel like they're not allowed to have any emotion besides strength and like a smile. Mm-hmm. So it's like they always have to live a certain way, like be very cautious of how they act, but which which shouldn't be the case. They should be they should be able to have bad days without being crucified for it. Definitely. Agree. Thank you, James. Thank mm-hmm. you. I got you. I got you. Because <laughs> I have a mother and a sister and it's like like they're they expect they have like such high, not not saying high expectations but it's like like they can't always be on their best behavior like people have bad days people are people get down bad and it's yeah. it's okay so that's one thing i've noticed in the perception of of that and like one another thing is people don't really try to they expect black women to nurture all the time mm-hmm. they don't they don't nurture the black woman so it's amen like, it's like they can't you, they can't just keep doing everything for you. You have to 
it's a give and re- give give and receive kind of thing. So I feel like as as men, we should do more of, you know, nurturing and doing what they do for us, mm-hmm. and in turn, it'll it'll be beneficial all around. Definitely, yes. Yes. Malia, protect our black ahead. women. Exactly. Um, I think personally, my perception of how I like, yeah, from from what I see from like the public and like versus what I believe. Starting off with the public, I I believe yeah, like both James and Ashley said, um, you know they looked at as you know strong women and that they're supposed to be these providers to a lot of people and that they're supposed to be the nurturers and everything without getting that reciprocity. And um, I feel like also it's like it's so difficult to see the adversities and the barracks that they overcome because not only are they black, but they're women as well. Mm. So it's like, you know, how you know, you know how they say about black people having to work twice as hard just to get, you know, as much as the white man, you know, well, women, black women have to work three times as hard, really. Mm. And that's, and I have a huge problem with that because I, they're not well respected at all. Like you said, James, I also have a mother who, you know, I have a mother who works her butt off to this day. You know, she, she can, you know, she continues to work two jobs now because she's sitting here busting her butt off to make her parents, my great, my late grandparents, um, proud, you know, just to upkeep our land and our property to be able to live comfortably in her own skin like with you know finances and everything and still be able to provide for my for me and my older brother keep in mind i'm 22 and my older brother is 26 and yet she still takes on the role without us you know asking and everything she still feels like she needs to provide some way and so she busts her butt off so much and you know, I had to give my hat off to her because she's had to play mother and father growing mm. up. And a lot a lot of black women do not get enough credit for that. They get crucified for it, honestly, because they're sitting here in those situations where they have, you know, they have to raise these kids alone. And they yeah. they, they really have help. And nobody's offering help. That's, that's I feel like that's one of the big problems, honestly. Like as far as like school systems and everything, you know, they don't help take the time to, you know, certain kids may not have the uh you know the ability to go home straight after school, so they have to stay after school. A lot of yeah. a, a lot of teachers and school faculty, they don't, you know, a lot of them do provide it, but some of them don't. And then wonder mm-hmm. why, you know, everything, you know, everything's, you know, off. And I just personally feel like the roles that black women, um, you know, they're 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 actually the go getters. They're the inspirers mm-hmm. because it's like mm-hmm. honestly, when you talk about who's been the most successful in the shortest amount of time, I give it to the black women honestly. Exactly. Because like you, like you, Ashley, you know, having the dual enrollment, having the CNA um, license as a sophomore in high school. Completing, you know, your bachelor's degree, you know, getting that, having that uh, dental assistant job, you know, I have, you know, I have people who at such a young age, you know, having their own car, you know, buying that, 
straight out, you know, having that CNN license, you know, I have, you know, I have friends as well. And just to see the, the fact that they're so go-getters, like, that is, it's very inspiring to me Thank because you. I sit there and I look at it and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm a black man sitting here busting my butt off, but to see them climb the way that, you know, at the expense that, you know, they've been climbing, it's it's so lovely to see, and I just tip my hat off to all of you, black women. Yeah, thank you. And I and one thing Definitely as well agree. is, I feel like women, <clears throat> are we specifically black women, are are great a group of individuals to look at for inspiration, like the way they um, you know, just uh face adversity and just uh go through hurdles and obstacles with, with such finesse. It's just they overcome everything. everything, and it's like everything. at this point it doesn't even get acknowledged because it's just very expected of them. Like, and like, and that's yeah, it's, it's, that's... A, it's a sad thing. And one thing is, um, uh, like being a single mom, it's so common that like people really don't give it the acknowledgement that it is. It's it, that's a hard task, and it's just like it's very hard. no one really ever says like good job for that, or it's kind of just like oh, okay. But they make it happen, and I feel like we need more black uh, women who are leaders, and that's who I would look for for guidance. Because you know, my mom, like that's one of the people I go to for advice and leadership, and like I see it in the household. Therefore, I would like to see it outside as well, and people having faith in black women to guide, and because I know I do, so I'm willing for everybody to get on the same the same boat. So yeah, and I kind of, I kind of want to piggyback off like what Malik and James said about like the single black mothers thing and like how people look at that and stuff. But I have to even say like for my mom personally, she's a single black mom and she works three jobs Mm -hmm. and she works those three Mm -hmm. jobs seven days a week. Some days she goes to two and three jobs in one day, and the Mm. reason why she picked Mm -hmm. up those three jobs was to send me to school. And so I can become that dentist I want to be and be the only person in my family to achieve these degrees. Mm -hmm. No one else in my family has done this. So my mom put herself through working three jobs to make sure that I accomplish this. And I, I know like what my mom sacrificed to do this for me. So like, that's kind of going back to my like angry black woman perception where everyone sees me as, Oh, like you're so serious all the time. You're so like, Oh, what's wrong with you? Nothing can be wrong with me at all. But I know, like, what I have to handle, what I have to take care of, what my, my personal life is at home. And I'm mm-hmm. like you said, like, I may not have the luxuries as other people where stuff is given to me. I have to fight for things. I have to, you know, my mom's working three jobs to make sure I, I be successful. So I can't take this as a game. Like, yeah. I'm coming strong and I'm, I'm doing everything I got to do to make sure I accomplish this and become that dentist to make sure my family's taken well care of. So it's not the fact that, like, you know black women are angry or like I, I'm an angry black woman all the time it's just I'm serious because I know what I'm up against and I know I'm trying to I'm trying to grind it out here yeah, exactly like like you said you don't you don't got time to pray like your mom is working these three jobs so it's like who are you to waste that um that that sacrifice Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, definitely, and yeah, a lot of women women do not get advice that for the benefit of their kids, for 
Yeah, definitely agree. Yes. And then um just just to kinda and just to kinda it should honestly um, just be appreciated more. To kinda go even to what we touched about briefly. Um, you know, how do you guys think that you know, us as black men and just us as a community in general can uplift our black women? Because, you know, it seems like, you know, on our end, on the men's side, um, seems like, you know, you know, me personally, we we've had father figures that haven't sat there and really supported, you know, our black women where it comes to family statuses, you know, family dynamics, um, you know, also financial obligations. And just other various things that honestly, you know, a man should be able to support for his, you know, wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just, you know, kind of diving into that category, because we briefly did touch on it when we were talking about, you know, just black women and kind of how to, you know, sit there and just uplift their spirits, but also their perception. You know, how do you think we can sit there as black men sit there and promote our own people when it comes to black women? Um, I would say, um, especially if if you're dating a black woman or in in a relationship, I feel like uh you should uh take oh no you you should take stresses off of her like she shouldn't be she shouldn't have to be like the one doing everything or the one helping yeah. you with everything or the one you know like give her yeah, give her cut her a break I feel like that's one big thing. Like she shouldn't have to do everything. Like a lot. Can of people... I start off? Yeah, Can I start off with that one? Mm-hmm. Never mind. You can go ahead. <laughs> Lee, you can go ahead. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, I feel like just just giving them a a, a break and letting them uh be able to f- fulfill themselves. And understanding that they have, they have their own goals, their own purpose, and not trying to drain them. I feel like as black men, we drain a lot of our black women. Yeah. So you know, kind of giving them room to breathe and being supportive would also. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you know, honestly, to sit there and just kind of appreciate them and appreciate not only what they do for us, but how they do it for us and the way they look out for us in and out every day. I think that the first step to, you know, kind of uplifting and, you know, promoting our own black women is just sitting there and acknowledging them first and foremost, you know, just kind of sitting there and taking in everything that they do for us and, you know, just put it all into perspective and realize that everything they do is for the greater good and realize that, you know, it's all meant for a reason from a good place. And then I think from there, you know, like we were even touching on earlier, you know, we, you know, the public expect to see a black woman just sit there and always have a smile on her face and be strong. But at the end of the day, you know, they have people that they need to confide in and that they need to, you know, have some type of support in. And that's that's where us as the black men come in. We have to sit there and support our black women. We can't just sit there and, you know, demean and just tear down our own. But instead of trying to sit there and create a messy household, why not try to build up a healthy mansion, you know? Mm-hmm. It's one of those aspects where we had to sit there and really realize that if we sit there and we nurture them, you know, it's ultimately going to come back full circle, not only for us, but for, you know, her and the family. You know, our whole goal is, you know, black women and men, you know, just to have that core family dynamic that for so long has been kind of neglected to us over the years, especially with, you know, the absence of a lot of, you know, strong male figures and a lot of, you know, young kids lives when it comes to growing up black. So, mm-hmm. you know, just for even the future generations, we have to sit there and provide an example for, you know, just, you know, those kids growing up in the streets, those kids growing up 
without a home, those kids growing up without anybody. If they have a strong family dynamic, at least where it comes from the mother and father, and that comes from the man supporting the black woman, and it's all worth it at the end, at least from, you know, just the family dynamic as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like a lot of black women don't even get the respect. Like, they don't get respected a lot by black women. Amen. Like, a lot of black men, they they choose this, but they're the ones who actually give us the stereotypes of the black yep. woman being angry up. and everything. Like they're the ones. I'm like, yeah, I prefer I prefer a white woman because oh she's, not gonna get, she, she, she's not going to get. She's not going to yell. You know, yeah, you know, like a Here lot of black, a lot there of black go, men choose to do that. They they because you know the white woman's going to do whatever they can to satisfy them, and they're going to be the one to cook. You know, they're going to be the one to take care of the kids so that the father, the you know, the man can do whatever, you know, his quote-unquote going to work. You know, who do knows they really, though? Exactly. You know, like, who knows what he's doing? You know, so uh, as soon as you said that one, D.B., I was like, wow, because, uh, yeah, a lot of, yeah, the, uh, the black men are the ones who give black women the angry, the mean bitch face. The They're the ones who do that. They're the ones who give the bad perception out there of the black women. And it's more white men treating black women better than it is the other way around, honestly. They yeah, actually see the they, they see the value. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do. Yes. You know, they, they see the value in a black woman. They see what she brings to the table because she brings at the very least, at the very minimum, she brings equality to you. You know, like at, at the very least, she's matching everything you bring. Yeah. And and you know, that's if not more. Because a lot of times you also see in black relationships that black men are not careful and great with their money and their responsibility. So mm-hmm. it's the black woman that they come to and it's the black woman that all that's to provide. I, I agree. And she, and she has to do that while being at home to watch the kids, but also has to still make her money. Right. Hats off to them. So, yeah. Like, come on now. They really... I, yeah, they really do way too much. I feel like as black men, what we need to do in order to uplift our black women, we need to first be the ones telling them every time, you know, how beautiful they are. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that, you know, every day waking up, no matter if they don't have their wig on or, you know, if they don't have their, <laughs> you know, their makeup on, mm-hmm. that they're still beautiful. And exactly. we did not choose them exactly. for them. Like, because... A lot of black women wear that stuff because of those insecurities, right? And right. like you know, a lot, a, a lot of men, you know, y'all not so hot yourselves, man. If it's not for the <laughs> beard, you know, hey, if y'all didn't had a Caesar cut, the fresh lineup with the beard, <laughs> a lot of y'all would not be getting women either. So you know what I'm saying, like. Just because y'all makeup is a bit different and permanent, yeah, doesn't mean anything, honestly. And, and half the time, it it be the black women that's dressing these men up. Mm. Whole whole time. Yeah. And, and then another thing you said, Malik, was uh, like we have to like let the black women know that we love them. Like I feel yes. like black women don't get the um acknowledgement. Like we don't cherish them. Like we everything they do goes unnoticed or like it's kind of just like they ex- they're expected to do it so it's, i feel like we should we should um you know acknowledge everything they do for us and some like because and reassure them at all times that's important that there's they still mean something to you and not just expect 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 
You can't just get. You can't just take, take, take from people. Sorry. I touching off what Malik said. I just think it's almost the most insulting thing ever for a black male to be like, "Oh, I don't date black women because they're aggressive or their oh, attitude. Yeah. I don't want to deal with." Yeah. Them. And then like your mother is black. black your mother exactly. raised you. How dare you? Yeah, that's just honestly uh uh indirect slap in the face to her. Because it's like, you know what, I see the way my mom is. I for sure don't want a woman like that. Crazy. Definitely. It's definitely some Holy crazy shit. stuff out here that, you know, we as a black we as black men need to kinda of get together to and you know, even taking it a step further, we need to appreciate our black women for who they are truly inside and out. You know, regardless of the makeup or whatever they would like to do with their hair, you know, you know, truth be told, a lot of these hairstyles where it comes to, you know, straight hair and dyeing their hair blonde and other this such stuff was trying to emulate being like a white woman because black men fetishize white women so much. So I think that right. first and foremost, we need to sit there and actually appreciate our black women for who they are, whether like Malik said, it'd be wig on, wig off, whether it be weave in, weave out, whether it be, you know, makeup on, make her off. You know, light or dark, light or big dark, or small, mm-hmm. all shapes and sizes. And so we, also, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Also, also, black women, you know, appreciate yourselves more. You know, know that you are the most valuable asset. Set, yes, asset mm-hmm. in this world to this world. Yes, just and know and remember that. You know, don't, without a black woman, there is no black man. Yo, mm-hmm. there's nothing without black a black is beautiful. woman. There's nothing without a black woman. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, just appreciate yourself more. And one thing I want to say is uh, you should, black men should not have the right to say what a woman could do with her hair or with whatever she does with her face. With her body. With her body. Exactly. Yeah, like, don't tell her. What, what she wears on her face, her makeup, anything. You should have no right to say anything about that. It's not your business. And and just to go back to what Malik talked about, you know, you know to all the black women out there listening, you know, Self-love yourself, you know, go ahead and realize that you you are the shit, regardless of whatever struggle you may be going through, regardless of whatever, you know, feeling you may be feeling about where you are in life or where you might be feeling where it comes to a relationship or a situation or whatever the case may be. Just know that at the end of the day, you're going to get through it and that you're going to come out stronger than ever and that you're going to honestly be the best person you're going to be. The world is stacked against you, but at the end of the day, you are sent here to go ahead and be the strongest people on this earth and just realize that you are worth way more than what any price value or any makeup, or any type of definition someone puts by your name can be. So I just exactly. want to let I just want to let that be known that anyone who's going through that tough time, particularly in the black women aspect, that you know your 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 worth and your value definitely is through the roof. Don't let the world yes. fool you. Exactly. Thank you. And, and, and one yes. thing, black women, is that you are the prize. Like, so you have to understand that like men are looking for you. Like you're not looking for a man. You are My the prize. Queens. Yeah, you're the prize at the end of the day. Black so, is beautiful. What I also wanted to touch on because I, I know from personal experience, well, not even personal experience, personal stories that I hear from my own girlfriend. You know, um, black women in the workplace. Let's let's go ahead and, and uh, you know tug that boat because you know I feel like you know that you know in all honesty that and I, I know you I know you got I know you got some juice in this way for me, babe. Um, I'm like, like girl, girl. <laughs> I, I, you know, let's let's just talk about you know black women in the workplace and how they're viewed and seen and ultimately treated in the workplace. And babe, I'm gonna go ahead and let you take the reins on it. Um, so for me, working as a black woman, I'm working as a black woman in healthcare. Um, you know, that's already something stacked up against me right there. 
Uh, most people in healthcare, you know, are like white people and they're usually not black. We don't have a high percentage of black people in healthcare. And I have to say, like, it's, you know, it's a numerous amount of things. It's kind of stacked up against me, like such things as like criticism. Um, currently, right now, I have some box braids in my hair. You know, I come to work and they're like, Mind oh you gosh. guys, them box braids looking good. <laughs> them are looking good. They like, you know, I come to work and then you have like people that's like, oh my gosh, how did you get your hair like that? Or is that heavy? How does that work? And I'm like, oh my God, this is normal. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? And then they want to, can I touch it? Oh yeah. And no. I'm like, this is a lot. This is really a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, then you have where you know, I, I am a sneakerhead. I love shoes. And I come in there and they're like, you have such these loud shoes all the time. And every day there's something different. And wow, those are bold. And I, I just feel like I can't live in peace. Like it's always some type critique. of. Yes. Like I'm constantly like looked at or, you know, it's like, well, why are you wearing this? Or this is different. This is not a norm. You know, so that that's one thing. Uh, then I go through competition. So it seems as if black women cannot be on top. I don't care how good you are. I don't care what's your education. I don't care, you know, if you're the best person in your job, like in the whole establishment, you always have where someone's competing against you. Someone's trying to, you know, outdo you. Someone's not giving you what you deserve. So that that's another thing. Um, I often feel like black women like talents are overlooked um you know and then i just feel like people just assume that we don't know just because someone else may not know in the workplace they don't even bother to even come and ask like what do you know how to do or do you know how to fix this issue they just Mm -hmm. they overlook us and i i don't like that and then my last thing it'll be like drama and it's because oh i may have an angry tone as they assume so they think that something's coming off a type of way or I have an issue with people in there or you know I'm coming in there with a chip on my shoulder and that that starts drama and I just feel like that's because I'm black and I I don't appreciate that or okay one more thing job advancements black women do not Mm, receive job advancements Mm -hmm. I agree so that's my tidbit on that Mm, got you and then you know, from, you know, me, obviously, you know, about her days I worked in. So ultimately, I have, uh, you know, some coworkers that are ultimately, you know, black women in the field. And, you know, they even say the same struggles that it's just hard to get ahead because you have to work 10 times harder just to get one inch to where a white person can get one mile ahead of you. And, you know, even being a woman is even that much tougher because women are looked even more inferior upon black women specifically than the black man. So it's even that harder for them to sit there and climb the ladder or even sit there and have a norm within that workplace, let alone sitting there and representing, you know, our culture and our own style. You know, you sit there getting like it's something abnormal. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like that, you know, and I think I think we're the first state. If I'm correct me if I'm I think we're the first state to like ban, you know, discrimination against hair, you know, for black people. And, you know, essentially, like, that that being, you know, a very progressive step in the workplace because mm-hmm. a lot of jobs are discriminatory against, you know, haircuts, specifically for black women in particular. When, when did this start? I think this it was recent. Start, I, I think yeah, it was okay. recent, like, probably, like, two, three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. Right around the yeah. time I got these box braids. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. So um, apparently, what happened was that uh, a law was passed that jobs cannot discriminate against hair. Um, you know, well, specifically our hair in the workplace, to where we couldn't, you know, get jobs because we had dreads, braids, locks, etc., or froze even something simple that's been around for a long, long time. Um, basically jobs cannot discriminate against us getting any type of job advancement or any type of job period because of what our hair looked like. So that recently just got passed in our state. In that, that one touches me, bro. <laughs> right, right. I'm yeah, like having dreads. Yeah. You know, natural women can't even wear head wraps sometimes yeah. within the workplace because they think it's it's some type of rag yeah. on your head. And then whole time it's something just meaning for their, you know, religion or, you know, depending on if it's, you know, Islamic or Muslim. And I just need my head so- wrapped to keep my edges laid. Exactly. exactly. The baby hairs. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, switching, switching up tunes real quick. Um, of course, we talk about a lot of things on this podcast from political, racial and worldly. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone has seen um, and I'm probably going to butcher the hell out of this name, but Barut Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got you. Um, you know, let's just take a quick moment to say, you know, prayers out to everyone, you know, in Brute Lebanon yes, for that yes. uh, that explosion that happened out there. Yes. Um, you know, I I don't know May all God the details, you of all. It, but um, you know, it was I believe it was like a sodium something nitrate factory. I don't know. Apparently, it was a dormant factory that had explosives in it, which was essentially a water vapor bomb. But, um, you know, it did a tremendous amount of damage. I think it was like, what, 12,000, 15,000 hurt and like 60 to 100 either dead, pronounced dead. It was uh, like, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to anyone who hasn't seen the video, you know, it's, it's all over Twitter and YouTube and on the mm-hmm. news and stuff. So I'm pretty sure you can definitely go ahead and uh, look that video up. It's pretty crazy if you really ask me. I've never seen an explosion like that before. Well... I have to say that that explosive factory is alleged, but continue. Yeah, apparently, um, that's not even the first time that that capital of uh, Lebanon has been hit, too. Apparently, it was hit back in 2005 with another bomb. So, it's been a pretty hot zone Dang. for the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. So. Lebanon is not the move. Yeah, but um, definitely, you know, shout out to all those people in Lebanon. You know, I... let's... Sorry, you can continue. Oh, no, you can go ahead, babe. I actually have um, a guy that I went to school with, and he's actually Lebanese. Mm -hmm. And he was sharing some things on his Instagram yesterday about everything that was going on and kind of informing people about situations they may not have been aware about. Mm -hmm. Um, And he actually said that apparently I, you know, I don't know all the details. It's new to me. But um, apparently from a few years ago, I think it was a trial that was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was like three or five guys or whatever that was, I guess, about to be convicted of assassination um, of someone important in Lebanon. I think it was like the prime minister, Yes, right? I believe something like mm-hmm. that. And apparently um, this explosion yesterday came around the time where they was about to close on a case. Um, so More governmental conspiracy. Yes. So he was basically saying how that was kind of like, I guess, the alleged thing with the explosives and potentially it could be something else behind that. Mm. Seems like there's always something going on with these uh, governments, huh? 
quote unquote. Mm, <laughs> just the timing of everything is just always so, you know, yeah, ironic. Definitely. Very ironic, very coincidental. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, definitely um, prayers out to everyone in Lebanon and Beirut. You know, everyone who was affected by that blast and that tragedy, you know, it, it's never good to see human lives taken, especially with something like that in that magnitude. Especially so, innocent human yeah. lives. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Because I think I think that blast was honestly her. They said a radius of 150 miles. Yeah, that video. So, the video was wild. The video. Was I haven't wild. even seen it. Yeah, video, definitely. Though. You ain't seen it. Oh, dude. bro, I had no power. Man, oh it's, man, it is. It's crazy. It's like a video game. Like, like dang, bro. Yo, literally, it, it's like if Superman wants to punch the Earth. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah, it's like a movie effect type. Oh, I don't even. Bro, I like seen... it was. A regular video and then a video of someone on the water, like away yeah. from it, and it came Yo. all the way out there. Definitely the the water one was crazy because yeah, it was like some like water bending. I think it's crazy. But yeah, um, for all those you know who just aren't aware, just you know send prayers up. Go ahead and inform yourself of it. You know, make sure you know keep them in your spirits, and that we try to support them in any way. I see a couple of relief funds starting up for, it. and I think the um the Lebanon Red Cross is like I think ninety four percent you know, pretty much backed up by the community and everything, and it goes straight back into the community. So, um, you know, if you feel any type of way about it or you want to donate, you know, just try to look into some ways to kind of help them out and um, see what we can kind of do from Because at the end of the day, we're all human. You know, we got to keep each other in check and make sure we all, you know, keep our best interests at heart. So, you know, prayers up to everyone down there. Um, so uh, next thing that I kind of want to go into, and I believe James had the topic he wanted to bring up, so I'll let him go ahead and bring it to you. But, um, no, uh, James, I'll let you go ahead and actually talk on it. All right. Um, so like I was noticing how like um they've you know, we're officially students are going back to school mm. and they're not, you know, they're not doing online. A lot of schools are doing hybrid or, you know, shortening days and students come at this half of the day and other half. So I was my question is, uh, do you think uh a shorter work week and school week is beneficial for learning and working? Because as, as we've seen, like, during COVID, like, like it's not like people's jobs stopped. Well, a lot of people's jobs stopped, but a lot of people were working from home and yeah. still remaining just as productive. So do you think having to go to work physically is, do you think it's going to be more beneficial to work from home or being able to, you know, go in sometimes? The same with school, like having school, like high schoolers for four hours, do you think that's going to help learning? And making people more productive, or do you think it's going to hinder success? Hmm. Uh, Malik, I'll actually let you start off with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Okay. Cause, right, cause I, I, I feel like we might be on the same on the same wave here, but I'm, I'm gonna Yo, let you. Hey, DB, I don't know about this one. <laughs> oh, never mind. I can say yeah, my yeah, take, yeah. but. <laughs> All right, Senator Lee speaking. Uh, Twenty so, thirty vision. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Hashtag sir. So, in your house. Yes. So the way I personally see it is, will it help or hinder the productivity of the workers? You, you, you said right. Mm-hmm. Because some of them are still being very productive at home, and some of them, yeah, you know, like yeah. It's like, what's the point, like? 
Um, I don't. Yeah, like my mom has that. My, my mom has that same exact thing that you're talking about. She teleworks like every other day, mm-hmm. so she literally goes to work every other day. Mm-hmm. And like one day she had, like her off day, she's just teleworking, so she's working from home. So, like I be I be like, I, I be I be peeping it from her, and I don't see what it's doing. Honestly, I don't see like it doesn't. I don't see where it's making a difference in a positive way, and that's mm-hmm. the way I and 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 I feel like that's a key thing because if it if if it's not doing anything positive like anything better than just being like teleworking and stuff, then what is the point of even doing it? Because you are still putting those people at risk, but their um, level of production is still the same. Exactly. True. So that's why I feel like that's how I feel on that. However, there are some people who haven't had a job, and now that that does give them the opportunity to go in some days and maybe you know maybe make some type of paycheck. Mm-hmm. So what about so, students? About students? Mm-hmm. Like instead of going seven hours a day Monday through Friday, the kids are going four hours a day. A lot of that time, honestly, is unneeded. Anyways, four hours. I don't feel. I don't feel it'll hinder their production only because they just got to get back into the groove of school itself. Mm-hmm. But in between school, you have Rena. Uh, oh, you talking about high school kids? So you got electives. You know, mm-hmm. you have lunches. You have all of these things. Some some schools have lunches that are like hours, two hours, mm-hmm. three hours. You know what I'm saying? So what I see with that is that's literally just the, from going from seven to four is literally just taking that extra time out. Mm-hmm. So they're just going from class to class to class, <clears throat> to class and then they're out. I don't feel like that makes a difference in a negative way. I feel like it's more positive because they still get to see those teachers mm-hmm. and a lot of kids can't learn as easy virtually like in person, which is what we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we, we still gotta we still gotta figure out that, that those yeah. questions no answers. Yeah, we left so, up on a high note on that one. So I feel like as far as school, it'll help because you're still giving those kids that time together. Because you don't need nothing about forty five minutes for a person to learn a, a class because you extend it too long, then they're not learning. Their mm-hmm. mind is wandering. Exactly. exactly. Right. So that's why mm-hmm. yeah, classes don't, don't they don't need to be long in the first place. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, yeah, it will that. put no. I say yeah. So it will put some students and teachers at risk only because of that. You know, the same thing I said as far as the work, but as long we've been having functions where people have gathered. We can figure something out for school. All you do is minimum. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. Where I, where I feel like, I feel like the reduced hours for school, like Malik said, um, you know, based off the retention level, you know, and then from just talking, you know, having friends that have honestly, you know, been through school and all that, you know, elementary, middle, high school. I think that honestly, a shortened time span in school will be beneficial because I feel like the retention period is way better than a seven hour um, day. I feel like that, of course, um, halfway through the day, students just started getting that mindset. Look, I'm hungry. I'm ready to go home. Ready to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. I got work. Um, They're thinking about everything in the they're thinking about everything else in the world, but what they need to be thinking about. And that's the topic at hand, whether it be math, science, social studies, whatever the case may be. Um, their minds are sitting there, just sitting there, wandering, wandering, wandering. And ultimately, that's a waste of hours where it could have been spent somewhere else being productive. Instead of, you know, elongating the school um, day or even week, you know, hours and days, why not just sit there and, you know, focus, punch it? You know, I'm a big, I'm a big believer on quality over quantity. 
So you put mm-hmm. in meaningful, yes, meaningful time, and you sit there and actually mold the brains the way they needed to be, and maybe a 40, 45 minute, maybe an hour time slot, and hours just stretching it. That that's just enough. You don't have to sit there and oversaturate people with knowledge. To ultimately, they're not going to even sit there and try to learn at the end of the day. They're just going to sit there yeah. and just, oh, yeah, nope, that's that's another one. And then as soon as they get out of the class, they don't even remember what they learned. So, exactly. you know, when it comes to those students and especially when it comes to school days, I think that honestly, you know, the hybrid format, because I know some people who, you know, can't, you know, function as well online than in person. I think that the option of, you know, offering it all online or a hybrid is good because for those who can teach themselves, like my girlfriend, for example, she teaches herself, you know, a lot of classes. And I, does- I've literally made it through four years of university and I attend every single lecture I have to take my full time schedule and I go to class and do not listen. Guys not she <laughs> she told me that the other day in a car and I was like, bro, you literally go to class to not listen. I was like, at least if you're gonna do the bad deed, at least you might as well skip class with it. And no, I, I can't I... I can't do that because me having morals, I have to go to class to do the right thing. And it's not because I'm just not choosing not to listen. Yeah. It's just that when I'm sitting in that class period and I'm listening to the professor go on and on and maybe sometimes I get off topic, they're not staying on topic. It's it's just hard for me to concentrate or when people like ask questions and it's stopping, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm not getting the full effect of the topic I need to learn. So I literally yeah. just attend that class and then after class, I go back and review my notes and I teach everything myself. I literally pay not a lick of attention to any of my classes and I'm not even like exaggerating. I did the same thing. (laughs) I literally (laughs) teach myself. I literally go to class and and it's so hard for me to focus. I'm thinking about like 10 different things. And the way I I learn the best is I usually teach myself or I see Mm -hmm. the teacher Mm one-on-one. Because I can't, them lectures. They're so long. They're so long and like it gets sometimes teachers go on tangents. Yeah, and, and they have such a monotone voice. Exactly, yeah. like it's just boring. But there are some teachers that really draw you in, but it's rare. Yeah, it's so, definitely rare, and especially quick. if it's something that you're not really interested in. Exactly. Quick I look. literally go from like listening, and then I tune out, and I'm like, "What's on Amazon for today on my laptop?" And then I'll be like, "Oh crap, what was he talking about for 15 minutes?" And then I'm like, exactly. "Ooh, that purse." Exactly. Like. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about things like, <laughs> like well, I should have. I should have wore this instead of this. Or I should. Yeah, I should have like. Or well, what am I about to eat today? Like. Right. And next thing yeah. you know, the class is over, and I'm like, "But what? Yeah, <laughs> what happened? Like, my, and, and my notebook open with nothing written in it. Right. Yeah, I've definitely <laughs> been there before, man. <laughs> definitely been there before. Yeah, it's been definitely. It's been some moments where, like, I, I'm like one of those half and half people. Like, I can benefit from listening in person if it's a subject that I'm really invested in or something that I really like. I can retain it very easily to where to the point where I don't even have to write down notes. I can just remember it all. Mm-hmm. And then I got the some of those. Knowledge. Yeah, Descartes. Descartes knowledge has literally got me through uh, high school. And majority of college. Exactly. And the car knowledge is really just winging the hell out of it and remembering stuff. But, <laughs> to, um... be, to be honest, I actually prefer, like, teaching myself, like, these, so a lot of people have been having trouble with transitioning to online courses and not be able to teach themselves. Well, mm-hmm. for a person like me that teach myself anyway, and I do not listen in, while I'm in lecture, I like the online courses because usually online courses come with some type of presentation, <laughs> some slideshow, or videos. Mm-hmm. and since I teach myself anyway that allows me to go back in the PowerPoint it allows me to like rewind the video 
mm-hmm. write my notes out, highlight things, uh-huh. draw mm-hmm. diagrams, and like take time with myself, and I can see it and write it out exactly. on my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and have more prep time. And yes. lect- lectures nowadays are just a lot of it is information that's not even going to be on the test, so you don't need. Mm-hmm. Y- yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. So Definitely if you go, agree. If you, if you go on the PowerPoint, it'll everything you need to know is probably highlighted right. or, or in bold. Right. So Those lectures like, are exactly. zoomed through in 50 minutes. Exactly. And, um, you know, also to piggyback on the whole, you know, working situation i believe the question was you know the same as the students right you know but, mm-hmm. you know whether working uh longer shorter hours is beneficial um during covid um you know i still think it's still quality of a quantity the, um, the amount of work you put in for a short time span um depending on how hard you go can be more beneficial than working maybe a seven hour day versus like a 12, 12 hour day you know um, mm-hmm. I feel like if you were to sit there and say, for instance, and let's just do a simple job, like say if your job was to sit there and call, you know, people and sell this product, you know, and uh, usually your regular work day is eight hours, right? And you're expected to at least do 100 calls in eight hours. Well, you know, instead of sitting there and spreading those calls over, you know, eight hours and, you know, you're just calling after person after person. Why not just, you know, try to, you know, pack as many people you can in a four hour, you know, time span, you know, instead of having 100 people, you know, maybe have, you know, half to maybe, you know, two thirds of that capacity to sit there or even you could just try to honestly double it. And, you know, instead of sitting there staying for such long periods, you sit there and you just knock on calls back to back to back. It makes the time fly by quicker. Exactly. And it also puts a little bit more emphasis on time management and you get to have your job done earlier. So it's not like you're sitting there wasting time at the end of the day because ultimately we drag up those 100 calls because we're just like, uh, I need something to get through today, something to take my mind off it. But mm-hmm. if you have your mind solely on the task at hand, you're going to end up pumping an over-exceeding amount of stuff that you actually want to do, i.e. those calls. So that makes even, time fly by in that four-hour four period. Exactly. Even yeah, even if you want, didn't want to do like a four-hour period, you could do, all right, the goal is just you know get 100 calls and you're out. Exactly. Like, calls you know, like, yeah, yeah like, and honestly, that that, that motivates more yeah, people. Yeah, 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 that movie. Like, okay, I got this many calls. Like, this many. Instead of saying, oh, "Gotta wait so far," right? Yeah. And mm-hmm, go ahead. And speaking on like motivation and like you know Malik saying, "Gotta wait to five. Like I personally work Monday through Friday, eight to five. Well, technically, mm-hmm. I have to be there seven thirty, but and then I'm usually around six. Um. You know, so all week I'm going, going, going. You know, I'm working over 40 hours a week. I'm tired. So mm-hmm. I know, like, y'all kind of focused on, like, the hours in the day. But I want to go back to, like, you know, James had mentioned something about, like, a shorter work week or school week. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, last week I had a chance to where I had um, a half a day. I had mm-hmm. to um, work. You know, I got to come in late. And I have to say, like, having that half a day or even having a day off in the week, you know, you're tired. I feel like that gives you the motivation. It gives you, you know, time to yourself to do something on an off day, get your hair done, get your nails done, do something mm-hmm. relaxing, a massage. Mm-hmm. You know, literally that morning I had time to do my makeup, my hair, eat breakfast. And I came mm-hmm. in there and I felt like she I was in such a better mood, y'all. <laughs> I was so <laughs> And, you know, I feel like, you know, having a shorter work or school week does like the body justice when you're constantly going all the time. Yeah, I agree. And I like this the whole concept of the 40 hour work week is just a wild concept to me because like 
will we spend the majority of our life working? And I feel like those, like you said, actually, those days where you want to get your hair done, you know, get your nails done, self-care days are necessary. And it's like, maybe the work week should be four days or, you know, where you can maximize work. But like a lot of people just go through their 40 hours a week and it's like a very weak, weak 40 hours. Like you're very drained. You're not productive. Yep, but when you get those half days, you know, yeah. I feel like it boosts it boosts productivity when your workers are well rested and they exactly actually does. have time to sleep. And, you know, like they feel like they matter. Like they're just not another employee. And I feel like that 40 hours, you know, it's tough. Like like you're working your whole life just 40 hours every day. Exactly. Right. I see these people more than I see my own family. And exactly. I know. And I know you guys have, have all taken uh, econ, and you remember that equation that, you know, efficient maximum of time, you know, times that, you know, maximum output of joules equals, you know, a positive product. And, mm-hmm. you know, that being said, you know, you said there and you had those physics. times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> physics, oh. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, like, you know, just to sit there and you think about it, if you honestly, and this is something that, you know, I for um you know majority of you know my young life so far because you know I, I work a lot of jobs pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. My man got three and, jobs. Young Julius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that costs uh, sixty five cent. Um, but you know I sit there and it's I struggle with myself because you know I'm so used to you know and which I think a lot of young people are but we're in the mind that we got to grind now to just you know rest later. And we don't really sit there and take the time to sit there and make sure our bodies are good. And a lot of us are breaking down and folding, you know, under these long, you know, work weeks and pressure. And especially for me, you know, I work a 40-hour work week plus weekends. And then I have another job on the back. Right. Week. And I don't know so. why he work all them jobs. <laughs> you got to make it. <laughs> make ends meet. <laughs> yeah. You don't get it. I can But, um... <laughs> But, you know, like, you know, what I've come to realize was having all this workload on me. And then on top of, you know, having some summer courses thrown on me um, during the summer is that, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot on the body. It's definitely one of those things where you have to sit there and you got to really reevaluate the situation to really sit there and think like, is, is money really worth this? Money really worth all my life spending it in a workplace and not really be able to spend the money like I want to enjoy friends or family, or even just have some time to just sit there and unwind. You know, I find myself a lot of times just kind of coming home after a long day of work and, you know, I got to find an activity that kind of, you know, makes me de-stress, you know, whether I be hanging out with my girlfriend or whether I be going out to hoop. You know, something that kind of gives me my time to de-stress and make me feel good after a long work day. And, you know, ultimately a long work week because I don't have time during the day to sit there and de-stress like I want to. So it's kind of like I have to even force it in a time slot. So, you know, I guess what I can say is that, you know, with having all these jobs and having that, you know, 40-hour plus work week and, you know, all the extra stuff in between and few is that, you know, self-care definitely is something that I've I've definitely started to take very serious as before I was very nonchalant with it. Now it's just, you know, anytime I kind of do get a free moment, I'm just, you know, really thankful for it. It's just like, oh, because, you know, I, I rarely get a break. And it's just one of those things that you don't want to sit there and burn yourself out because once you burn yourself out, it's hard to really get that fire lit back under you. Exactly. And you, yeah. you can't enjoy the money if you're not healthy. Right. Exactly. Right. And at the end of the day, you can't even take You can't. And it's like, like, would you want to work all your life just to end up in, like, a wheelchair or in, you know, just for... I heard someone say, like, you're just working all your life to be able to, you know, uh, pay for a better ho- a nursing home. Or do you want to, like, like, you know, work 
and enjoy your life without having to kill yourself. And be, instead of being old and being in a home, be healthy mm-hmm. and yeah. like be happy you took care of yourself early. So, yeah. And I do want to kind of gauge the question now that we kind of got to this topic. Do you think that, uh, you know, of course, uh, COVID kind of exposed a lot of things going on, whether it be societal wise or, you know, governmental. But um, do you think society, um, not society, but you think uh, COVID kind of exposed the whole 40 hour work week uh, concept and aspect? Yeah. You know, expose, exposed a lot of things with school, obviously, as we talked about in the last podcast. But um, specifically with the work week this time, do you think it exposed, you know, the time management? Plus uh, the actual workload of 40 hour a week jobs, because I know I still work 40 hours a week in person. And I know some people that work, you know, maybe the same amount of that from home. And it's it's a way different turnout than when they were sitting there in person. So do you think that COVID kind of exposed this problem that, you know, kind of needs to be addressed now? Yes, yeah. I, I do. Because I, I know when so I was laid off, I worked in a dental office and you know, the dental offices are, like, high-tier, like, exposure to COVID because we work, you know, within the mouth and they have oral splatter, et cetera, et cetera. So dental offices were closed for about two months, except for emergency uh, visits. And mm-hmm. I have to say, while sitting at home for two months, between me being a full-time, like, student, me working at as a dental assistant, uh, you know, me volunteering because I'm trying to get things right for me to apply to dental school and doing all these extracurricular things I'm doing, leadership things. Um, I have to say those two months gave me time to realize that I needed a break and I needed mm. to take care of myself. And mm. I felt so much better. And I was like, wow, I really, I've been overworking myself. Mm-hmm. So it gave me time to kind of check myself. So I think so. Yeah, I think I have, um, you can go ahead, James. Like, I do agree. Like, a lot of us didn't realize that, like, all okay, I don't want to say COVID was okay, COVID took a lot of lives, and it, I, I never wished it on anybody. But in the grand scheme of things, it really, a lot of us were kind of rushed and had to mm-hmm. move at a fast pace and don't get time to reflect. Mm-hmm. It really made us sit down and, you know, just like sit us down and told us to be comfortable. Like you can't rush everything. Cause, cause God can stop all this in a, in a, in a snap, like mm-hmm. all those plans you had for the summer, all those trips, all those goals, all those things you had, like it stopped, like we're going to put you on pause. And it's like, you can't really time anything or plan anything because you know, things are going to happen how they're supposed to. Yeah. So I feel like COVID really made us sit down and reflect on everything on life and like yep. on on what's really important like people are losing their family right loved ones and everything it's like at the end of the day this money ain't worth it this money can't save you like doesn't matter if you have 100 million in the bank or 10 dollars in the bank right. covid can still get you right. and it's you're not untouchable yeah. so it's really you know i feel like it's really showing us what's important in our lives and what like we just need to sometimes we just need to take a breather like yeah because life isn't gonna stop like once you take your breather your week month two months like you can still pick up where you left off and a lot of us in our 20s feel like we're like in a rush to be you know get to a place where we want to be but we don't realize that we're so young and we have a lot of time that doesn't mean to relax yeah it's like you know sometimes you got to chill like this is yeah we still focus on the destination we don't enjoy the journey 
Exactly. Like this is yeah. this doesn't determine the rest of your life. Like it's yo, relax, like enjoy yourself. Take a trip, take right. a break, you know, take a week off, enjoy yourself, live your life. Yeah. And I feel like the shutdown it. also mm-hmm. gave plenty of people time to actually spend time with their families. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You didn't even know your mama liked the color green. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, yeah definitely. I, I think um especially from you know, someone, you know, you know, I'm talking about myself that kind of worked from the start of the pandemic. Like I've been I've literally worked pretty much every day, either it's been mainly at one job or the other job since the start of the pandemic. Like, you know, from someone who's stayed in that fast pace during a pandemic and everything, um, you know, it even though I didn't have the time to stay at home, it inversely ultimately made me think the same exact thing, like. You know, I'm sitting here looking at all these people, you know, I'm servicing all these people and seeing what their lives are like, seeing, you know, I'm a lot more family dynamics coming through, a lot more people mm-hmm. being more interactive with one another, um, a lot more camaraderie. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm busting my tail every day and I'm just sitting there and I work with a lot of people every day. So, you know, I was in the trenches with it. So I, I got to see. With it. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> on lines with it, you feel me? I was in, I was in that bullet path. But, um, you know, I, I, I saw a lot of things and, you know, it was just crazy to see how much, you know, unity it kind of brought together, even though this is a kind of, you know, crazy tragedy and pandemic that's going on there. It brought a lot of unity between families. It made a lot more families more communicative with one another. Um, mm-hmm. it, it definitely brought out the creative side of a lot of people. And I feel like a lot more yes. people have kind of gotten to their backs about things. Mm-hmm. Start new uh, businesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It motivated a lot yeah. of people to kind of do things that they never kind of ventured to do exactly. or even, you know, get themselves right mentally, spiritually or emotionally or even mm-hmm. physically. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me seeing, you know, all those different walks of life and kind of, you know, reflecting on myself and everything of it, you know, like I said, inversely had the effect on me where I didn't have down and think about it because I was idle but I had the time to sit down and think about it because I was always in the know with interacting with mm-hmm. all these people. Yeah. So it's it's definitely something that you know you during this time especially you kind of have to take advantage of what you're given you know you have the time to sit there and do something you always wanted to do take advantage of the time and do it you know you have time to sit there and read something you always want to read read that book you know just go ahead use, use this time wisely and use it productively and efficiently because it's not going to come a time where the world is going to sit there and be on pause like this again. Exactly. So. Well, and just focus. I don't know. Focus. You, well, you know what? Focus, focus on, on yourself. Because I'm the big man. <laughs> let me, let me yeah, not wall yeah. out. Yeah. I'm not him. And I feel like the, <laughs> the big thing here was just to focus on yourself and your health and your well-being. Like, hold, like your health is exactly. your wealth. And being clean. Like, it also taught us washing our hands is important. Yeah. And, you know, you know, uh, making... Because mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of national <laughs> customers exactly. go over to that bathroom. Yeah. And not wash uh-huh. their dirty hands, and they're gonna ask me what you doing for the day. They're gonna try to dab me up. I ain't trying to touch your weed. Oh my gosh! What you think this oh is? Exactly. And then go ahead and ner- and then go ahead and nerd and touch the door. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, and bro! I I'm not gonna lie. You know how many times I've been kind of just stared at that door, hoping someone was gonna open <laughs> that thing, and I just walk out. <laughs> it, it's been it's been a lot of times. It's been a lot, and that's that's just that one job. The other job, mm. we we strict on the clean. But the other job, oh my gosh, I didn't see some nasty. Mm-hmm. You even seen like I didn't see mm-hmm. someone walk around and they didn't coughed all up in their arm and stuff. And then go have the nerve to touch everything on the show. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was the most disgusting thing ever. And Bruce said that he looked at his snot, wiped it oh on my his sleeve, said slap, and then touched it on there. Oh no, no man, no, no, oh no, disgusting. And, he... and this is and this is during COVID. 
People are different, yeah. People are different, yeah. Big and I just want to announce that hand sanitizer does not replace soap. It does not. It does. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. That hand sanitizer can kill all the germs except for some. So you still need to wash your hands all the exactly. same. Exactly. It's just a substitute for the time. Exactly. Being. And this COVID also, you know how dirty businesses are and public transportation is and all these other things like I seen in New York they was finally cleaning the subway like I'm like y'all don't y'all don't clean the trains on a regular like it's right. about time Master Splinter trying to ride on that mm-hmm. <laughs> and even like even like the shopping carts like I see like at Walmart before they even bring the sh- the cart inside they spray all the carts down and I feel like yeah. now they they ain't even do that before so now it's like they really, yeah, they really taking, they're taking it you know people's health into consideration. So, I think. Did y'all? Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of you know cleaning, did y'all see the? Um, I think it was the Browns. I'm not mistaken. Leaky can probably correct me on this, but one of the NFL teams had like a little like you know those little things you walk through the airport like a little metal detector. Mm-hmm. But this one sprayed out like disinfectant spray, disinfecting the players before they walked out on the field. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Either. I think. Oh yeah, it was. Just, I mean, it kind of just popped on Twitter today, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I think it was the Browns. Twitter. I mean, you know, trigger fingers turn into the fingers. But, um, you know, I was looking at it and I was just like, why can't we kind of input this type of system into like our public health, health safety? Like, you know, put it in at grocery stores and people walk through the door, have them get disinfected. Carts already disinfected. You don't mm-hmm. have to sit there and worry about wiping and all that stuff. Because I know a lot, especially a lot of people I've seen don't even feel like wiping down the carts. They just be half-assed and they just kind of take yeah. an empty wipe. They wipe down like five, ten carts where they don't be nothing on that thing. Exactly. So, um... You know, why, I'm just in there thinking, like, you know, why can't we input stuff like this into our society? Companies you know, don't want to pay for it. Definitely. And they don't care and about then, it. Yeah, they don't want to pay for it. I know one company, and it's a sports complex um, near where I live, and they actually have uh, UV light um, ray filters or something like that. Apparently, it's just supposed to, like, neutralize any germ in the air for you and have it as breathable clean air and it has a uv light that filters it too so it kills anything that um it shines on and all that stuff and it's all like an all-in-one system or anything yes but, they're um, air purifiers we have in the dental offices also but it's like why, why can't we just input this type of stuff everywhere you know wait do you do what is it are you talking about like the um the uv light purifier things yeah Oh, it's at uh, Rise. Apparently, they got like some air filter, air filters up in there mm-hmm. that um like apparently they shoot out a light and they clean everything because everything is um the soccer place. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah, know yeah. So everything's under that UV light, so it dies. Yep. But ultimately, ultimately, it's getting filtered through an air system too. Yep. So yep. it's you're breathing all clean air, so it's like a zero change of any like dope. They they have them in all dental offices. It was a requirement for us. Oh, that's too. tough. Yeah, that's yeah. Tough. So I feel like, especially in public places like a grocery store, you know, it that should definitely be something in there because let me tell you, them grocery store aisles be the most packed aisles. Do everything you think is a block party popping off going in there. <laughs> Nobody following <laughs> the arrows, Bruh, man. <laughs> All right, I'm pretty sure anyone you know on this podcast can tell by constant clues. Um, one of my jobs, but um, this you know, spot. you know, yeah. um, I got the shirt. Tell- I got the shirt on, baby. <laughs> let me tell you, man. Let me let me just have a couple minutes to talk about these customers <laughs> and this girl suit stuff since I got the platform. Look, man, when y'all come up in the store, man, can can y'all please wash y'all hands, bruh? I'm sick of yeah. watching y'all go in and out the bathroom, touching your little weeder weeders. 
or whatever y'all do down there, and y'all go sit out there and touch the door. I don't want to sit there and touch the door. I don't want to even look at the door. I don't even want to be near the door, but I got to be near the door. I told you, they got hand sanitizer. <laughs> Man, baby, they don't even want the hand sanitizer because it costs too much for them. <laughs> and so then yeah. I'm sitting there and, up, and then let me tell you, if I go out to the car, please, please look, I understand it's your personal vehicle, but I don't need to see your whole wardrobe back there. I don't need to see your dirty laundry back there. I don't know what's clean, not clean. <laughs> not, not I'm, not word, putting your, I'm not putting your eggs <laughs> over there by the little bra. I'm not putting your little, whatever, your snickerdoodles by your, your snicker candy bar panty looking things. I don't want to see all that. Panties? He was in panties. I, I, I didn't see them a couple times. Let me find out. I didn't see them a couple times. Look, the, mm, the little spot being crazy. <laughs> little spot being crazy. And it's just like, yo, I ain't never encountered... Can, can y'all just wash y'all cars, period? Because I'm sick of whatever type of dust y'all got in your car. I okay. ain't never seen no multicolored dust, but y'all need to get dust too. Tangent. Someone's on tangent. <laughs> multicolored dust. Look, multicolored. Look. <laughs> multicolored <laughs> dust. <laughs> look. He's snapping. End of, the, end of the topic. Y'all need to get y'all together when y'all go into these public places because y'all, y'all too damn old and grown not to be wearing no masks. That's too damn old and grown not to be sitting there all up on people in the aisles. Y'all need to sit there and be mindful. People don't care. They don't. Oh my god. They, they don't care if they're shameful. That shit was exactly. like an ether, bro. I'm, I see it. A DB ether. That was a DB ether. <laughs> man. It, it's it's yeah, just some wild stuff I'd be saying. I'd be seeing up in there, man. Some wild stuff I'd be seeing up in there. I didn't see him. Never mind. Anyways. Uh, switching topics over to the more serious, uh, you know, talks. Um, Brianna Taylor. Um, let's go ahead and touch on her, you know, for a little bit. First off, my Mr. girl, not getting no love. Continue. Yeah. Why the cops um, out? Yeah, my exact question. On vacation. <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, taking pictures, showing the world. Mm-hmm. Just chilling. And no I'm, care. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm just like, okay. Um, I know the protests haven't been getting a lot of coverage because of the media and everything, but you know, I feel like that the Breonna Taylor—I mean, of course, it's all like a strong movement—but I feel like the Breonna Taylor aspect of things, where a lot of us have petitioned to get these cops arrested, have even sent in—I know a lot of people send them emails, um, letters, and phone you know, yeah, phone calls and everything to try to get these cops convicted. But it just seems like no justice is getting served, nothing is getting through. And so I, I, petition, dear. Nope. I personally feel like, um, you know, as a black woman, she got overlooked. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like to, you know, the public and to the government and whoever else, I feel like they they're like, oh, we gave you the George Floyd thing. So it's like mm-hmm. we gave you something. Mm-hmm. So now give you a bone. Yeah. Like yeah. we gave you something. Now shut up and let it, you know, leave it alone. Like we gave you that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, um, yeah. and you know, one thing, because you guys know, like, you know, I, I, I'm i real big into, you know, looking in to see what Malcolm X be talking about and everything. But, you know, he said one one thing that kind of stuck with me. He said that the white man is always going to give you one symbolic victory to make it feel like you've won over the case. Mm-hmm. But then they overlook all the little small things that are actually meaningful and powerful. So I feel like with the George Floyd incident, with those cops getting persecuted and everything, yes. That was a victory for us. It was, it was a victory for, you know, George Floyd and his family and everything. But the white man gave us one victory to hush us up. Ultimately, yep. they're going to sit there and try to throw everything else in the dark because, okay, we, we're going to satisfy them with one thing. They'll be okay with yep. that. They'll get happy about it. They'll think they're one. Whole time, we're still going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're not even going to correct what we did before. I they think always what we, give 
black people the bare minimum. Exactly. exactly. And, I, and I think oh, what nice. we need to we need to start being you know more astute in is that holding these people accountable, not just for one incident, but for all instances, and sitting there raising hell, not just for one person, but for everyone who lost their lives. Of course, the George Floyd killing was very tragic, and you know it was something that kind of sparked up the nation to go into all these protests and riots and whatever you know the public wants to call them. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we're not here just for George Floyd. We're here for you know, the Breonna Taylors of the world, the Trayvon Martins of the world. We're here for everyone that sat there and lost their lives to social injustice where it comes to a white officer or a white man and someone who's black. And, you know, it just kind of, it's just crazy to me that, you know, with all this going on in the country and with all this turmoil, it's kind of just churning and churning and churning that, you know, we still haven't gotten any justice on our end. We still haven't gotten any retribution. It's because of a whacked up, rigged up system that just honestly is going to sit there and try to keep fooling us time and time again. So we need some type of way where we need to hold these people accountable or at least sit there and have our own justice served. I feel like they, they, like you said, they're giving us small victories to make us like, okay, here, you got this. Like the little... The streets and the roads with beat Black Lives Matter painted on them. Okay, that's cool and all, but that's not what we want. Like, they're trying yeah. to give us these small little, like, things to hush us up. Like, this lady, Breonna Taylor, was killed in her own home. Like, and that's not the, that's not the first, that's not the first person to be killed in their own home. Like, I, I forgot his name. Both, both him, some, I forgot his last name. I'm sorry for that, but. He was killed in this. No, uh, both team Johnson or Gene, something like that. He was killed in this when the police officer thought it was her house and came in there and shot and killed him in his own home. Like, this is regular for us. We're not even safe in our own home. And the police hold, they don't hold each other accountable. And like, if they ain't gonna, if they only protecting themselves, who's gonna protect us? Like, like, at this point, like, you can't trust no police because whatever y'all do, Y'all gonna protect each other. Whatever we do, y'all y'all won't come and have that same energy for us. And y'all can't see when one of y'all are doing wrong. And y'all sit here and and let this behavior go on. So it's like until something happens, it's like it's we not we not rocking with y'all. Like and this is it, this, this is Do they awesome. really see do they really see someone not doing wrong and holding them accountable, or do they just see the wrong and they actually support the wrong? Like, like they support the wrong. Like, whatever we do, like that's like the police. It's like a gang. Whatever you do, I'm riding with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's it's just a legal gang. Did you did you guys see the um the George Floyd uh, body cam footage that was released? No. I didn't. I didn't see the whole thing. I did look at it for a little bit, but I did not see it. Yeah. Did uh, Did you see Ashley? No, I did not. Got you. Um, so I watched the video all the way through, and um, from what it looked like, it you know, of course, he was just chilling his whip. Um, they asked him to get out. Uh, from the start of the video, he literally was pleading, "Don't kill me, Mister Officer." You know, I didn't do anything wrong. And, and look, you know, look, what's wrong? Look what we gotta plead. We don't say, "What did I do?" Don't kill me. That's what we gotta plead. That was the first words out of his mouth. That's the first words, and that's how. And... Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. And then from there, it kind of just, you know, escalated to them asking a series of questions to, you know, can you keep your hands up or put your hands on the steering wheel? It started with contradictory questions then. And then from there, it's just like, you know, can you get out the car? Can you get on the ground? You know, took him over there to the police car. You know, he was saying, you know, what did I do? You know, Mr. Officer, please don't kill me. And then the officer sitting over there just kind of jokingly saying, I'm not going to kill you or anything like that. 
But then, you know, it ultimately turns the force to where they're sitting there and they're trying to detain, um, you know, Mr. George Floyd. And he's in the police officer's car and he's sitting there, you know, I didn't do anything, you know, please don't kill me, you know, can can you let me go? Like, you know, I, you know, he's saying that, you know, essentially he's scared in the situation. He's like, you know, I just don't understand what's going on. And, you know, then, of course, the famous line that everyone kind of knows from that, you know, incident, you know, that I can't breathe, you know, line. To where, you know, before he was even set on the ground, you know, they were already, you know, choking him out. And he was already stating to them that I can't breathe, literally. He was saying that, you know, it's hard for him to sit there and even talk. And so then the video even prog- progressed even further to where they yanked him out of the car from the other side. He went in on the left side. They yanked him out on the right side and threw him on the ground. And then from what everyone saw, you know, he died by, you know, a knee on his neck. And it was just kind of crazy to see that even that video even surface because you know, the you know it was released by a whole different government to put that in perspective for everyone that's listening. It wasn't even released by our government. It was released by mm-hmm. a foreign government, and wow. it was leaked over into the U.S. So this is something that we couldn't even put out for ourselves to see because our government you want to sit there and hold these people accountable because it's so blatantly ignored every day that another government sat there and they took the initiative to sit there and produce it for us. And the reason I feel like they not they not acknowledging this is because the police work for the white people. Like, if this was an Sorry. issue to the white people, then they would go and pro they they would be outside with us. But they know they're in good graces with the police, and the police won't do that to them. I've never seen yeah. I've never turned on the news and seen a white man get killed. Never in my life, ever. But it's constant for black people. It's like yeah. it's it's normal. So it's like. That's why they're not outside. Well, not all of them, but they're really not outside with us and don't understand because they mm-hmm. could like they don't it'll never happen to them because they 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 can actually plead for their life and get it. We we don't have that chance. We're already we're already in trouble before we did anything. All right. Did you um speaking of like that? Did y'all see the the video on Instagram of? A white man was trying to steal out of Kroger, a Kroger Milopian. And, um, like, the cop, like, tasered him and was, like, you know, fighting him, literally. And, like, for, like, two, three minutes long, you know, they're fighting wrestling. Like, the man is resisting the arrest, the taser, all of that. Like, it, it's the fact that, he, you know, he gets that option to, you know, wrestle mm-hmm. with the cop. You know, if it was a black man, it would instantly... You know, be two shot, be two shots in the back. They gonna right. body him. Yeah, they, yeah. We don't got a chance. That's one thing. Definitely, it just goes to show that in this world, it's still also, a racial bias. And also, it's crazy because it was black people that was helping the cop, like, like separate the uh, man from mm-hmm. the cop and like restrain him so the cop could arrest him. It was black people helping the cop out. Keep that in mind. Definitely. And that goes back to our last episode where, you know, we always turn the other cheek where the other side doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then also, but, it, it's, it goes to show you that even we don't have a fair chance in jobs, we don't have a fair chance in education, and we don't even have a fair chance when fighting for our lives. Sad. Exactly. Yes. It's very sad. Well, without further ado, this has been um, you know, the latest episode in Without Boundaries podcast. Um, of course, special shout out to our guest today, my girlfriend, my future wife. Uh, Thank you. My oh, baby wow. boo, uh, Appreciate Ashley. It. Appreciate uh, it. I'll let her, you know, start out the closing remarks. 
Um, I just want to say I appreciate for being on this podcast today, and thank y'all for listening. Yeah. Um, you know, thank y'all. You know, as always, thank you guys for listening, supporting. Um, you know, give us a follow on Twitter at podcast underscore without. Um, we're always uh posting, you know, updates about the podcast and promoting a black owned podcast on there, and just kind of. You know, making sure the community grows with us and bringing more awareness. So, um, yeah, go ahead, give us a look on that, and of course, follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all that stuff. Um, I'll go ahead and let my co-host go ahead and end it out. All right, I want to say thank you, Ashley, for joining us. We appreciate the uh, the viewpoint of a black woman, and thank you guys for listening. And it's James. Yes, yes, yes. Also, yes. Thank you. Also, Ashley, we 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 needed this. We needed your perspective of a young, beautiful, educated young black woman. And yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, Malik. And I'm out. All right, and DB out.